Welcome back to Attack of the Drones. Let's continue on with our documentary. Now, you might think the prospect of killer robots stalking the battlefield sounds like science fantasy, but as well as unmanned aircraft, the U.S. already has thousands of military robots in Afghanistan. And now a Russian team have built one, too. Artiste Lombardin reports. Could the armies of the future look like this? Well, not just yet. But militaries around the world aren't ignoring robot technology. The US has been using unmanned drones for a number of years. Now it's testing land-based robots in Iraq and Afghanistan, which, despite being in their early stages, are showing a lot of potential. But what about Russia? Well, a team from Moscow Bauman Technical University have been at work on some answers. This was the team's first creation. It's a bomb-detecting and destroying robot. First, it analyzes the package with these sensors here and then destroys whatever explosives inside with high-powered water jets just here. This was the team's first creation, and then they then moved on to military robots like this one. This is a spy robot. It's able to look around corners and up into first-floor windows with an extendable camera. And then, if it needs to call in fire support to tackle the bad guys, it calls on this next robot. In fact, these creations are the latest in a long history of robot development in Russia, longer than you might think. In 1938, Russian robot tanks were invented. They took part in the Russian-Finnish war. The person who controlled it was in a shelter pressing buttons. He was able to see the tank and to control it. The tank attacked and shot on its own. But despite this early innovation, Russian robot development has been largely ignored since the 70s. The U.S. took the lead and now has thousands of robots operating in Afghanistan. This team wants Russia to catch up. But will their robot meet with approval from the Russian army? I can't give you a definite answer if this robot will be used in our army, but we hope so. It may not be this exact model, but something improved, modified and modernized. Robots don't rule the battlefield yet, but thanks to Ilya and his kind, this might be a shot in the right direction. Yeah, if your goal is to create a Skynet Terminator nightmare scenario, and you believe that? These things are now armed. And by the way, these Mars, or gun bots as you saw, can not only be fitted with machine guns, but grenade launchers and other lethal weapons. And unlike human soldiers, they have no fear. They don't whine, they don't cry, they don't complain. And they just do what they're told every single time, like this guy does. The Army has its own weaponized robot, the Sword's Talon. It's much smaller than the Gladiator. Top speed is 5.2 miles per hour, about the same speed as a running soldier. If you walk into an ambush site, I'd prefer to have the robot go up first, hopefully attract the fire. That way we can actually utilize the robot to identify the enemy and assist in elimination. The Sword's Talon is an all-weather, all-terrain tracked vehicle with day and night capabilities. Several mounted cameras relay images to an operator as far as half a mile away. This camera here in particular 
is a surveillance camera. We can actually rotate 360 degrees up and down, whatever we really want it to do. We also have a zoom capability to it. We can mount a PBS-14 night vision monocle onto it so we actually have night vision capability within the robot. The scene camera here actually works along with the weapon sight camera. The sight camera will tell us exactly where that bullet's going to land. Um, we have two other cameras on the vehicle. We have a front camera and a rear drive camera to assist in driving the robot itself. The sword's talon weighs approximately 200 pounds with a mounted weapon system, so it is easily transported into combat. We can actually download it off the back end of a Humvee, roll it out the backside of a striker vehicle or armored vehicle, and put it right into action. The military is putting the sword's talon and the gladiator through their final paces and will soon deploy them into active duty. The robots themselves, these things are amazing. We can have them do anything they want. They don't complain like our regular soldiers do. Uh, they don't cry, they don't, they're not scared. This robot here has no fear, which is a good supplement to the United States Army. Okay, I thought that little guy was a little freaky. Uh, do you see that big one? Wow, I mean, what a crazy fighting machine. But, but having no fear is, is not the only motivation for unleashing these gun bots across the world. Another rationale to replace humans with robots like these is just like what's presented in the Star Wars Clone Wars movie. Humans are expensive. Listen to this quote. Training, feeding, and supplying humans while at war is pricey. And after the soldiers leave the service, there's a lifetime of medical care to cover. For instance, in 2012, benefits for serving uh, retired members of the military comprised one-fourth of the Pentagon's budget request. So let's replace one-fourth of the human soldiers with robot soldiers, and that becomes your rationale to make this deadly decision. In fact, this is a trend that is going global, folks, and pretty soon we might have a global robot war just like in the Star Wars Clone Wars movie. Our wars used to be fought on foot, but then we harnessed horses for battle. Swords were our weapon of choice until guns were invented, chariots slowly evolved into tanks, and in less than 100 years, this turned into this. But the change that's now underway will be the most significant in human history, as soldiers from the world's richest countries will soon rarely come face to face with their enemies. This is a profile of the robotic takeover of the world's militaries. For years now, the military of the United States and our closest allies have been using a whole range of robotic systems, like remotely controlled robots now commonly used for surveillance and for destroying bombs, Close-in weapons systems on board virtually every ship in the West's Navy can destroy incoming missiles, aircraft, and smaller, faster boats, all without human assistance. Unmanned ground vehicles guard areas and attack enemies using lethal and non-lethal weapons. The MQ Reaper unmanned aerial vehicle is a long-range killer that's so effective America's 174th fighter wing has become the first squadron in history to convert from flying fighter jets to an all-remotely piloted UAV attack group. The secretive stealth unmanned RQ-170 drone that the US lost control of over Iran in 2011. Tiny surveillance drones the size of small birds or insects. A robotic, remote-controlled sentry gun that's replacing human guards on the South Korean side of the demilitarized zone and for Israel along the Gaza border fence. And the Protector, an unmanned speedboat used by the Singapore Navy to patrol the busiest port in the world, the Israeli Navy to enforce its blockade of the Gaza Strip, and the Mexican Navy to confront highly creative drug smugglers.
Some have called for a halt in the development of military robotics technology. But the US, its allies, and key adversaries continue to make their militaries as technologically advanced as possible because of the massive tactical advantage it gives them. The Pentagon currently deploys some 11,000 UAVs and 12,000 ground robots across the world, making America the clear leader. But China has already demonstrated several prototype systems that may be just as sophisticated as some in the American arsenal. The Russians have begun deploying armed robots to increase security at its ballistic missile bases and may deploy unmanned airships to monitor its interests in the Arctic. Worldwide, military spending on the robotics industry is projected to hit $7.5 billion by 2018. But it's not just governments doing the investing. Google has begun buying up robotics companies, positioning itself to dominate the commercial market, estimated to be worth around $37 billion by 2018. Google, or another tech company like it, could become the next generation's dominant defense contractor. Some of the projects that we know are in development for military use and should hit the battlefield in the coming years include the Knifefish, an underwater mine-sweeping robot that will replace the Navy's trained dolphins and sea lions in 2017, an unmanned autonomous helicopter carrying a remotely operated sniper rifle. Unmanned ground vehicles of the future will increasingly perform automated surveillance, reconnaissance, assault, and breaching missions. Other UGVs will simply retrofit existing Humvees and tanks with sensors and cameras to make them autonomous. Boston Dynamics humanoid robots will be used for search and rescue, and their big dog robotic pack mule will accompany soldiers into terrain that's too difficult for conventional vehicles. Unmanned missile barges will provide extra weapons for existing destroyers. Cruise missiles that are smart and networked to autonomously coordinate and swarm their attack so as to ensure maximum damage to their target. A joint aerial layer network will link all air assets and all other military assets in a region to provide maximum coordination and efficiency. High-speed unmanned fighters and bombers will fly alongside manned aircraft until they take over the Air Force completely. They'll be piloted by soldiers located safely back on a ship or on some faraway base. And undetectable underwater pods will be placed in the ocean weeks, months, or even years ahead of time, and eventually given a command to release unmanned submarines or unmanned aerial vehicles that will float to the surface and then take to the air. The reason that militaries will turn to robots to fight its battles is obvious. It'll keep their soldiers from getting killed. But, like many problems posed by our increasingly technological world, removing the human connection to what war viscerally feels like on the ground, where it's being fought, will create a whole new set of challenges. Many of the American pilots now flying drone missions in Iraq and Afghanistan already do so from places like Arizona, far away from the battlefield, which means they can bomb a group of people and then half an hour later be sitting safely at home with their families. It's no surprise that this extreme daily contrast is causing these soldiers to experience high rates of PTSD. Then there's the idea that by further removing the human cost of war from the equation, we risk becoming more tolerant of our governments engaging in armed conflicts. And then there's the unknown. What happens when two nuclear-armed states engage in a direct robots-on-robots -robots battle? How does one win that kind of conflict? And when does losing one justify starting a war between living, breathing human beings? These are questions we are going to learn the answers to in the first half of the 21st century. In other words, it's coming real soon. And this is not make-believe, folks. This is our near future. In fact, speaking of an actual global robot war, just like in the Star Wars Clone Wars movie, robots fighting the battle for us, 
China, I kid you not, China is expecting to have so many of these robotic drones everywhere in the world real soon that they have even developed, listen, a holographic ground control system for drones just like in the Star Wars Clone Wars movie. The holographic ground control system or GCS displays a holographic image of the drone, making it easier for the controller to intuitively understand UAV operations. It does this by fusing together flight parameters, payload monitoring, weapons release, and sensor data. In Star Wars Attack of the Clones, the Separatists observe the ongoing battle on the table-mounted hologram. But the Chinese GCS goes one step further by allowing you to actually control the drones, not just observe, control the drones with the help of its hologram. But wait a second, that's, that's again the exact same premise of another Hollywood movie that just came out recently. It's called Ender's Game, if you saw that. Is Hollywood once again playing a game with us? Do they know, once again, something we don't know? Let's take a look at that one. They know our strategies. They've learned our weaknesses. And the alien attack nearly destroyed us. That must never be allowed to happen again. If we're going to survive, we need a new kind of soldier. One who doesn't think the way we think. Fear the things we fear. One the enemy would never expect. We need minds like yours, Ender. You'll be the finest commander we've ever trained. So I'm not the first? No. But you will be the last. I'll do everything I can to win this war. You really don't see them as children, do you? If you succeed, you will be remembered as a hero. think we come in peace. I don't think Mazer intends for us to find a diplomatic solution. What's he waiting for? Just give him a minute. Ender, what do we do? Ender, the enemy's gate is down.
Petra, you're up. They're spread too wide for a chain reaction. He's right. Just let him follow his instincts. All battle groups deploy drones. Protect your carriers. Alive, your squadron five. Engage. This is suicide. Petra. Once I fire, I need time to recharge. Understood. Just go for the center. Fire now! Did it. Yeah. Give me false color. We're not done yet. But we are so screwed. No, we're not. Charge Petra? No, I need two minutes. All fighters fall back and surround Petra's ship. Copy that. I want rings within rings, layers upon layer, every fighter we have. Ender, you're gonna leave our transporters defenseless. We're gonna win this battle, Dink. It's all or nothing now. When the outer layer is hit, the wreckage will continue to drift with us like a shield. Do it now. He's abandoning his entire fleet. He's in command. There's no stopping him now. 90 seconds, Ender. No, no, no. I'm losing my carriers. My dreadnoughts are out. I don't care about dreadnoughts. Just protect Petra, like we protected alive when we fought Bone So. I hope you know what you're doing. Ready, Petra? In 60 seconds. What am I aiming for? The planet. What? If we destroy the planet, we destroy the queens. Game over. Ender, my targeting sensor needs a clear line of sight. We will clear a path. All fighters maintain a clockwise rotation. Focus all firepower forward. Entering your atmosphere. We need to slow down. We can't. We're one unit now. We're not equipped to handle the heat of passage through an atmosphere. Our drones are our heat shield. Keep falling. Let gravity do the work. On my count, accelerate your fighters from the nodes of the formation in a continuous stream. Yes, sir. Like bullets from a rifle, you will clear a visual for Petra. 
We will drill a hole through the swarm. Petri, you'll only get a second. That's all I need. In three, two, one. Now, Bean! automated in a holographic control center just like in the movies except it's not just the movies China's building one <laughs> and, and notice it was a younger generation who was used to this technology I, I, I'd say somebody's playing a game folks once again Hollywood is preparing us uh, for some creepy future that they have in store for us in fact speaking of preparing us another rationale they're using to get us used to these armed robots being literally all over the place is they say that these automated robots will not only save lives on the battlefield, but even in your own home or public place, wherever danger may lurk. They'll be there to protect you uh, and watch over you. And their conditioning for that too uh, has already begun. Watch this. This is a vision of the future. The Urban Warrior Series 3000 Recon and React Robot it's capable of operating for months at a time, deep inside enemy territory. It has bulletproof Kevlar armor and can track its enemy in the dead of night. Urban Warrior exists only in the imagination. But Robot 3 is for real. It's been built to respond to urban conflict. Battlefield scenarios are changing, getting more into urban warfare. And the idea here, this is a robot you could take into a scenario like that, send it into a building that may or may not contain snipers or, or other enemy agents. It would search out the building and leave the humans outside where it's a little safer. Robot 3 is programmed with sophisticated machine intelligence, so it can learn how to operate in an environment it's never seen before. It's linked to an operator who decides where to search but Robot 3 makes all the decisions on how to get there itself. Robot 3 has a companion robot that follows it into a building. It provides a communication link with the operator when Robot 3 goes deep inside. The companion can also detect intruders if they enter a room after Robot 3 has left. And Robot 3 has another trick up its sleeve. The next obvious step is, okay, you arm this thing and you give it the capability to, to actually do some damage. Look on your face. 
Robart 3 is armed with a Gatling air gun that can shoot ball bearings or tranquilizer darts. We want some type of device on there that can deter or delay uh, a detected intruder without actually uh, performing permanent injury or death. Gun computer 4 is active. Robard 3 can identify and shoot a target, but the military don't want it to be completely independent. Yet. There'll be a human involved there, at least initially, to uh, make the determination that this is in fact a valid target before any type of lethal action will be authorized. Robart is still a laboratory experiment, but there are active killer robots already on patrol. They don't look like the Terminator. They're four-wheel drive vehicles that have been converted into lethal robots. This robotic rifle is capable of firing 240 rounds a minute with pinpoint accuracy. It never tires and it never misses. This is Fire Ant, a mobile tank destroyer. It goes out into the battle zone and waits for days, months, even years for its target. When it identifies an enemy tank, it fires with deadly precision. Will modern warfare be fought exclusively by robots? It's nice to think that only the robots will fight with the robots and no one will ever get hurt and somehow it'll be just like a rather expensive uh, chess game being fought with uh, robots of steel. I can't help but worry that some of that warfare is going to spill over and that there will always be human casualties. In other words, that's one of the dumbest things you could ever do. Don't go down this route. And you combine this with AI and it's out of control. But for those of you who don't think that these robotic machines will ever cut the cord, if you will, with human decision making, you better think again. Even in the public arena, there's already talk of letting robotic machines like Google's automated vehicles, for example, uh, you know, the driverless car that's hitting the road as we speak, uh, just like these driverless military vehicles we've been watching. But they've now been saying that we are headed for a near future, for a reality, where these robots, these driverless vehicles, will have the ability to decide, listen, who gets to live or who gets to die in a car crash. The car, not the human, will decide. Watch this. Keith, uh, this is an incredibly scary thought. Explain sort of what's involved. How, how do scientists even think that they can teach a robot how to make an ethical decision to tell my car that it should swerve off the side of the road down a cliff instead of colliding with a school bus full of children? Yeah, this is an issue, Olivia, that's really bedeviling the auto industry and Google, who's also developing their own driverless car. They've figured out the technology. They know how to allow cars to drive for us but they can't really figure out these philosophical questions like the one you just described and that's something they're now working literally with philosophers and ethicists on to try and determine what do you do when you know a crash is unavoidable and your car has to decide between the lesser of two evils hitting a school bus full of children or going up on a sidewalk and hitting an individual they don't have all the answers yet here's the answer stop building this stuff okay <laughs> but let me get this straight Robotic driverless cars in the public sector could very well end up deciding who gets to live or die with, with an AI ability. There's actual discussion about that right now, as you just saw. But we're to assume that all these driverless AI military robot vehicles that are 
going to be everywhere in the world in all different kinds of shapes and sizes and, and different functions in the air, the land, the water, even under the water while being armed aren't going to be doing the same thing? Folks, this is the foundation of a Skynet scenario. We are watching it being formed before our very eyes. But you might be thinking, well, okay, that, that's kind of creepy, all these utility machines and tanks and boats and, and driverless cars and how the military and public sector are turning towards these robotic vehicles and that they're showing signs of going AI, making decisions for human. I, I, I get that. But that's not exactly like the Terminator movies. In the movie, it was humanoid-looking robots, not just vehicles, that are armed and deadly and intelligent that Skynet also takes over and hunts mankind down. I mean, we, we don't have those humanoid robots coming anytime soon, do we? Yes, we do. That's what's coming next, folks. In fact, they're already being prepared for us right now. And that brings us to the second way we know. Artificial intelligence will take over the ground, not just the sky, just like the Terminator movies, is with robotic men. You see, you thought those tanks and boats and robotic machines all over the world were concerning enough. You haven't seen anything yet. Just like in the Terminator movies, they are now becoming, listen, humanoid. Humanoid robots are also being armed to the teeth, ready to take you and I out. It's almost, again, like somebody's following a script or something. And, and just to make sure that we warm up to this idea of having robotic humanoids all over the place, just like with the drones or drone vehicles, they're first getting us used to these robots in the public sector. And by the way, they're doing this once again under the guise of, here it is, convenience. I mean, who couldn't use their very own service robot like Asimo? Check this out. See how far they've come with this technology, much further along than most people realize. Watch this. Honda's Asimo, the humanoid robot, stands a bit over four feet and weighs in at 119 pounds but its developers have packed a whole lot of functionality into its modest frame. Osmo can do sign language, play soccer, and even serve drinks. Asimo was created by Honda's research and development subsidiary. We were allowed to film their top-secret robotics laboratory.
Japan is a worldwide leader in the development of humanoid robots. Asimo is the country's crowning achievement. Engineers continue to make improvements. Asimo's most innovative feature is its advanced intelligence. The robot can think and act on its own without human intervention. That's made possible by sensors that replicate our five senses. Asimo's head contains eight microphones. It uses them to listen and engage in conversation. <laughs> Two cameras work as eyes. They can detect humans and use stored data to identify them. No facial recognition problem. I don't think so. Please cover your face. Asimo's artificial intelligence analyzes a vast array of information. That's how it understands people's requests and takes appropriate actions. Asimo also has a sophisticated sense of touch. Its fingers can make subtle movements like a person's. Sensors are embedded in the fingertips too. They can gauge the hardness of an object like human fingers do. Most robots use a fixed amount of strength to grab things. But Asimo exerts more power to open a tightly sealed water bottle and less when holding a paper cup. Its artificial intelligence uses information from the fingertip sensors to adjust the grip. The developer's ultimate goal is for Asimo to be a valuable partner that coexists with humans. The engineers who created Asimo all grew up watching animated shows about robots, such as Astro Boy, Doraemon, and Gundam. They dreamed of someday making their own. Asimo's advanced physical capabilities are revolutionary. The robot can walk and run. It can reach speeds of up to nine kilometers an hour. Welcome to Milaika, Mr. President of Asimo, a humanoid robot. It is a pleasure to meet you. Well, nice to meet you too. <laughs> I can run really fast. Let me show you. Here I go. Hey, wait a second. That's the same president who likes drones and apparently killing people with them and 
he wouldn't ever use humanoid robots to do the dirty work for him too, would he? It's not a far stretch, is it, folks? And did you see how far advanced these humanoid robots are? And, and, and did you see they're already operating on artificial intelligence? Much further along than most people realize. But that's still not all. ASMO is more for the adults in the office or for presidents to play soccer with, as you saw. But pretty soon your kids could have their own very own service robot or playmate to play soccer with. Like this little guy called Darwin. You know, it's a new kind of human evolution. No, no, it needs the orange ball, small ball, orange ball. No, small, no, 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 orange ball, orange ball. No, no. Bring back, bring back orange ball. Yes, thank you. Give it to robot. Hi, robot. adorable. I can already feel him seeking world domination. The first thing we're going to show you is how the robot uses its vestibular sense, which is its sense of balance. Vestibular from the word vestibule, which is one of the things in our ears. Exactly. Inside your inner ear. And so without using its vestibular sense, what would happen if we pushed a robot? All right. It just will fall over oh. and then get back up. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool right there. <laughs> so go ahead. Exactly. Wow. So now what we've done is we trained this robot using something called reinforcement learning. So exactly what you just did, we kept pushing the robot over and over, and it was now able to figure out that every time it fell down, it was kind of a form of punishment. When Darwin falls, his software gets an electronic signal that basically says, this is bad. After being bullied around hundreds of times, he finally learns it's better to do this. Fall over. Oh, no! So the hundreds of different reps are so that it can learn from this angle, and this angle, and this hard, and this hard, and this hard. Exactly. I yes. see. Dan's even teaching his robots to learn through imitation. We will, we will rock you. This camera detects my body's movement and sends that information to Darwin's software, which quickly translates it into a copycat movement of his own. Dennis Hong hopes that in the future, 
his robots will be able to master this extraordinary human skill. And they're learning how to do it one kick at a time. Every year, hundreds of teams from around the world compete at RoboCup Soccer, a competition designed to foster research in robotics and artificial intelligence. To make a autonomous soccer playing robot, you really need to solve all the grand challenges, the really difficult problems in robotics. Robot vision, autonomous behavior, bipedal walking and running in the future. All of these needs to be solved to truly build a soccer playing robot. Think you're pretty good at soccer? I'm better, I can do this. <laughs> Whoa, that's scary. He got right back up and he gave me a dirty look. <laughs> Despite his robot's shortcomings, Dennis is optimistic. By the year 2050, we want to have these type of full-size autonomous robots play soccer against the human World Cup champions and win. <laughs> You're gonna have robots playing humans and you expect them to win? Yep. <laughs> 20 bucks, here you go. 20 right? bucks, there you go. While this may sound like a sci-fi fantasy, many experts believe that humanoid robots could progress a lot faster than we think. In other words, I, robots, are really coming. We're just hoping it doesn't turn out like the movie in Hollywood. Let's take a look at that again. We designed them to be trusted with our homes, with our way of life, with our world. But did we design them? to be trusted. The rollout of USR's new generation of robot, the NS5, was marred by the death of designer Alfred Lanning. Identify. Murder's a new trick for a robot. Respond. murder him! We're gonna miss the good old days. What good old days? When people were killed by other people. My robots don't kill people. That thing threw somebody out of a window. Is that registering with you? A robot cannot harm a human being. And you trust them if you want to. We look to robots for protection. Imagine the loss of all that we've gained because of an irrational paranoia. Does thinking you're the last sane man on the face of the earth make you crazy? Because if it does, maybe I am. Maybe you can be looking in the shadows all the time. Inside, help me find out what is wrong with these robots. Dr. Lanning suggested robots might naturally evolve. I was hoping to see you again, Detective. Think of me as your friend. Why didn't you just hand the world over on a silver platter? Maybe we did. We are on the eve of the largest robotic distribution in history. It will be one robot to every five humans. How many robots have ever committed a crime? How many robots in the world? None. There is no conspiracy. What this is is one mistake! Oh. Oh no! Somehow, I told you so, just doesn't quite say it. Get off my car! See, you remain suspicious of me, detective. You know what they say about old dogs? Not really. Gotcha. Okay, I I'm sure that's just a crazy reality that Hollywood made up. I mean, there's no basis in reality for that. Fear, is there? Or is there? Uh, who, who knows something we don't? What, what kind of future are we headed for anyway? 
But that's just robots in the office. Robots in the home, kids, adults, whoever, pretty soon, they're going to be crawling all over the place. And actually, in all seriousness, they've even got that too. Check out this humanoid-looking robot. How'd you like to have this thing come crawling after you? Yay for you! <laughs> Looks like I won't be visiting Australia anytime soon. Wow, that is creepy.、Uh, but not all humanoid-looking robots are in the public sector are that creepy. In fact, some of them are going to come in handy for the ultimate selfie. That's right, move over, prideful, arrogant people. Now you can have your very own private robot that looks just like you, like this guy did. Watch this. As you can see, there is a certain bit of an eerie, awkward resemblance between the two of us.、Um, not only does he sport the same hands as I have, which so far, is, as I'm concerned, is fine, but the face is a bit of a different story.、Um, I was told at a very late date of the、uh, development of the program that it will sport、um, a silicon replica of my face. And as you can see, well, there is probably a bit of a resemblance. Everyone at the Science Museum is absolutely fascinated with the project,、uh, and we're delighted to present the cutting-edge science and the issues it presents. I'm sure everyone who watches the documentary, How to Build a Bionic Man, will be enthralled, and I know visitors to the Science Museum、uh, will really, really enjoy seeing the exhibit here in the Who Am I Gallery. Oh yeah, nothing like seeing someone's selfie robot. I think my wife would cry if I did that.、Uh, one of me is enough.、Uh, how many times have I heard that?、Uh, but if you notice that a robot selfie looked a lot like the robot selfie of the new RoboCop movie. Again, is Hollywood preparing us for something? Let's take a look at that. You can't run from this. You have to understand the reality of the situation. Show me. Kim. Gone, but you're still here. It's not even my brain. We had to repair the damaged areas, but we didn't interfere with your emotion or your intellect. You un you understand me, Alex? You're you're in control. I'm in control. Then I want to die. 
just unplug whatever it is keeping me alive and end this nightmare. I say I did that, which is a doctor would almost be impossible for me. But say I did. What, what do I say to your wife? What does she say to your son? That it didn't work. That you tried. Something went wrong. You did everything you could, but... I died. So after all they've been through, all the pain, all they hope restored, we, we just ripped that away. Your wife loves you, Alex. She signed the consent forms herself. Otherwise, you, you couldn't have undergone the procedure. She loves you, and she gave you a second chance. I need you to take it. see myself with this again. Ever. And the same goes for my family. Just put me back in. Yeah, I, I think I'd want to put, put it back too. I wouldn't want to see myself like that either. But it's coming. And to make sure we're not all freaked out by these humanoid looking robots, I mean, who wants to see their guts, right? They're now making them with skin-looking flesh, just like the rest of us. So you put some clothes on them and voila! Who could tell the difference between real and robot? Like this one.私の名前は三田武史と言います。株式会社ココロで働いています。ま、機械を使ったロボットというのは非常にあの無機質で冷たい感じがするんですけども、心の創業者であるサンリオの社長、辻社長の方がロボットを作るのはいいんだけどもロ
アクトロイドというのはアクターアクトレスとアンドロイドを組み合わせた言葉でロボットなんですけども人間そっくりなパフォーマンスができるというロボットです最初にですねこの若い女性のロボットを作ったのが心、えー、の男性のスタッフだけだったんですねで男性のスタッフが顔とか先ほど言った目とか髪型とかを全部決めて一回作ったんですでところがですね非常に出来上がったものは、えー、まず心の女性社員に大不評だったんですねであの全然こうこんなの受け入れられないと女性が入るとやはりこう知的で、えー、なんていうんですかねこうえー、男にも女にも受け入れられるデザインをするということで、えー、こういう形になっています。ただここに来て面白いのはロボットを開発してロボットをどんどんどんどん極めていくと結局最後は人間,人間がどうなんだかとその脳の問題一つとってもそうですし先ほど言ったキャラクターの問題でもそうなんですけれどもロボットを研究するっていうことはイコール開発するってことは人間をこう。人間とは何なんだっていうことを考えてるのとイコールだっていうのがあってでただ将来的にはそのオペレーションを自由に一般の方がソフト,ソフトウェアも含めてですねその動作なり音声なりを自由に動かすことができたりとかもしくはそのリアルタイムでオペレーションするようなシステムができればそれと合わせて一般用途でも販売をしていくことは可能になると思います。あの逆に人間と人間をつなぐメディア媒介としてのそのなんか機能というものが出てくると考えています見た目が素敵とか楽しいとか心が和むとかこれからの人間とロボットとの関係には絶対必要だと思うんです素敵な未来でまた会いましょうね This is Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you're enjoying our documentary. But、uh, before you go, let me ask you a couple questions. Did you know the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? Holy means without sin. God is without sin. The problem is we have sin. We've done some things that are wrong. And the problem with this is the Bible says that the wages of our sin is death. In other words, we, need to, we deserve to die and be separated from God forever in a place called hell. And that's the ultimate question. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Well, unless you deal with the sin issue, the Bible's very clear. We're not going to go up, we're going to go down. And that's what I wanted to share with you today.、Uh, God wants to fix this for us. He's made a provision、uh, so that we could escape hell and go to heaven through His Son, Jesus Christ, but we don't want to admit it. And so, out of love, He sent us something called the Ten Commandments. It's His way to give us an x ray so that we can admit we got a problem. That we have sin inside that separates us from Him. And if we would just admit it and ask for His help, He'll fix it. But let's take a look at His divine x ray. The Bible says in the Ten Commandments, the Ninth Commandment says,、uh, if you will, you think you're good enough to get to heaven, you're holy like God, you're without sin,、uh, then prove it to God. 
don't ever bear false witness. That's the ninth commandment, which means lying. So how many guys have ever told a lie ever once in your life? Well, every single one of you should have raised your hand because we all have. Believe it or not, that disqualifies you right there for heaven. The Bible also says you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. Folks, if we're honest, we've done that too. The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. You shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And now the blessed name of Jesus Christ has become a common cuss word. That's called the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says you shall not commit adultery. You think you're worthy to get into heaven? Just march on in there yourself, all by yourself? You don't need God's help? Then don't ever commit adultery. And Jesus said his standards is this. If you ever look at lust with your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says, you shall not murder. And you might think, well, I haven't done that one. Really? Once again, here's the Bible standard. Jesus said that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, is akin to the sin of murder. You just, if you will, pull the trigger in your heart. But that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You're going to stand before God one day, and you're going to have to admit who you are. He already knows, but you're going to have to admit, hey, God, let me in. Let me into heaven. I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, murderer, and the Bible is very clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. But here's the good news. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and I. He took the death penalty in our place. Jesus lived the perfect life in our place, and he took our punishment on the cross so that we could be forgiven and set free. It's called a pardon. God wants to pardon you. But that pardon will do you no good unless you reach out and receive it. Won't you do that today? Won't you do that right now? You don't even know if you have tomorrow. You may not even make it through the rest of this documentary. Don't leave this earth without Jesus being your Lord and Savior. Call upon his name. Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says you shall be saved. Well, this is Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries. And again, I hope you're enjoying our documentary. But please make sure that you're headed to heaven today. I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.